BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. It's about 1230 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States, Congressman Andy Biggs, who happily is becoming a regular on the show, joins us from uh, beautiful Arizona. Congressman Biggs, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, I want to talk to you about two subjects today uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk about the last time, debt and Ukraine. Let's start with debt. We're talking about the federal debt where you have taken a lead in exposing its dangers, even to the point of calling it a problem for national security. Just give us a feel for how big the debt is, how much interest we pay on it, uh, and how um, I- ignorant Congress is about has been about its dangers. Well, um, Judge, the amount of money we pay just on debt service alone is is going to uh, quickly surpass the amount of money we spend on defense spending. And that'll probably be within the next three to five years, maybe faster to, if, if we keep um, spending the way we do. Uh, the other way to think of it is we are, our net, our structural deficit goes anywhere from uh, right around $100 billion to $120 billion a month. In order to pay those bills, that structural deficit, we borrow money. And, and so you begin looking at how much we are adding to the national uh, debt. The Biden administration is seeking more than $3.5 trillion to raise the debt ceiling for two years. We're at 31.5. That would take us to $35 trillion over the next two years. And judge what that does is that crowds out what government, well, we do far more than we should at the federal level. I think we both would agree with that, but it certainly crowds out things that perhaps we should do. And it also means that as, so you take it, you flood in the Ukraine issue and the scenario judge where we are actually rapidly depleting our own military supplies and stockpile. So now we are actually uh, importing ammunition, some some kinds of ammunition to send to Ukraine. Then you begin to see that we, if we are called to, upon for for a defense purpose, uh, this this might be seem extraordinary. I'm not sure it is. If we're called upon to defend ourselves, we're not going to have the resources necessary to actually build up uh, the uh, the manufacturing capacity that we'll need to do that. And that's just, just this is the tip of the iceberg on the security side. Okay, I'm just going to stick with the security side for just a moment. And I appreciate you raising it in the context in which you did. Uh, Colonel Doug McGregor, whom you and I both know uh, and admire for his courage and extraordinary knowledge and understanding of the way um, the American government works with respect to defense and military uh, aspects, has pointed out just what you have said, which is, 
the physical equipment that we're giving to Ukraine is not coming from our surplus. It's coming from our substance, meaning, God forbid, we ever need it for a real attack or an attack coming on the United States. We don't have it. And uh, Secretary General Stoltenberg of NATO has said several times that the Ukrainians are using more ammunition than NATO. And I was talking about 33 countries as well, European countries, as well as the United States, uh, is using it up many times more quickly than we can even manufacture it. Does the president, the answer is probably no, do the your colleagues in the House, Republicans and Democrats, perceive the danger of that? I, I'm not sure they do. You know, the, the, the war hawks, the neocons, whatever you want to call them on our side of the aisle, uh, um, they they continue to want to give a blank check, Judge, and that's part of why it's a national security threat to have such a a massive debt. They want to continue to write a blank check, and they'll they're saying as long as it takes, as much as it takes. And Judge, now they're they're not wanting to simply provide uh, ostensibly defensive weaponry; they're wanting to provide tanks. Um, they're wanting to provide F-16s. Those are aggressive weapons. Those are offensive weapons. And that that is going to exacerbate the situation as well, both on the spending front, which we've been talking about, the national debt issue, as well as on our own protective defensive front. And then it's going to do a third thing, Judge, and it's going to exacerbate the problem over there. And you you start walking into the scenario where you could easily expand into a, a more general regional war involving far more countries than Russia and and, uh, Ukraine. Do the members of Congress who've given the president this hundred-plus billion dollar uh, blank check, some of which was ceremoniously uh, delivered by Treasury Secretary Yellen, I thought that was a little odd, but she did it the other day. Um, Do members of Congress understand that some of the military equipment we've sent there is being operated by American troops. So there truly are American troops on the ground. They may be out of uniform. They may not be shooting directly at Russians, but they're there. They're operating this equipment. They're physically located in Ukraine. Some of this is being done remotely by American troops in uniform uh, from Poland. uh, And Russian intelligence knows this. Does the Congress know this? Because they have never authorized the use of military force in Ukraine. They just authorized the use of American cash God only knows where that ends up because there's no inspector general and American hardware. I I, I don't know if they know that judge. I mean, I, I, you know, you've been saying it, I've been saying it and, and trying to, uh, you know, people, people have literally told me that's not so. Uh, And yet, so earlier today, uh, I was just going back many months where we actually acknowledged the, the the federal government, the Biden administration actually acknowledged that we had people on the ground, in, in uh, troops on the ground in in Ukraine, and but but what they try to those who re- recognize it, they try to finesse it. What that what they will tell me, they'll say, Andy, most of the they don't even say all of them. They'll say most of those people are contractors. I mean, think about that, Judge. That's what they're <laughs> saying. Most. Most of them are contractors. And I said, oh, you mean agents of the U.S. government on the right, ground? Right, as, right. If, as if there's a, a legal distinction. There really is no legal distinction between having your agents there that you're funding and you're supporting and having your troops on the ground. It is, it is the same 
uh, legal significance. And it is dubious for them to say, well, no, we have some agents on the ground that are actually training the Ukraine troops. And this is this is why I say this is this is nice. This reminds me, if you look at the Vietnam War era, that's exactly how we got sucked into the Vietnam War. Man, if you, ju- you just read my mind. That's exactly how it happened. And before you knew it, there were so many of us there. LBJ made up the Gulf of Tonkin incident. The Congress yeah. went along with it. 500,000 troops rotated through, 10% of whom came home in body bags. I just can't see the American public tolerating this, and Congress needs to know it. Switching to uh, debt, what will the Republicans do? What will Speaker McCarthy do uh, with President Biden's request to raise the debt ceiling, that is to allow him to borrow another $3 trillion, and with Secretary Yellen saying, we're going to run out of money, we're going to run out of money, we're going to lose our credit rating. How will the Republicans react? You're one of the, I'm not saying this because we're friends, I'm saying because it's true, more courageous Republicans who has never voted to raise the debt ceiling. Unfortunately, there's only a handful of you. Yeah. There's 16 of us that have never voted to raise a debt ceiling, Judge. If that just tells you what the the, the Sisyphean attacks we have of rolling that rock up the hill. All right, 16 um, Republicans who've never voted to raise the debt ceiling out of, what, 228 Republicans in the House. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so... So what the question you asked me was, what will, will uh, Speaker McCarthy do? I don't know, but I will say this. Uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, at least at the front end of this, because he is actually listening to members like myself uh, from the Freedom Caucus, those of us who never have voted for a, a, a debt ceiling lift. And, and don't forget, you've got freshmen that have never been around to deal with this, who who, uh, who we have to include there have never voted as well. So we are doing things and uh, working, trying to get them to understand that you can recover money. There is money out there that needs to be recovered, rescissions and clawbacks and and get that back. I mean, why are we building a new, uh, for instance, a new FBI facility uh, that doesn't need to be built? Why are we, why are we giving $500 billion in, in Green New Deal subsidies? That doesn't need to occur. And Something so we're like trying to- new, uh- Something like a new FBI facility, which is probably half a billion dollars. Did Congress expressly authorize that? Or is this another thing where they just gave the administration, this may even go back to the Trump years, I don't know. They just gave the administration X dollars in the DOJ budget and said, spend it however you need it. Which is it? This this was an express appropriation in the um, omnibus bill uh, $1.7 trillion omnibus okay. de- package that, that Joe Biden uh, did. And so, so the, the idea is, quite frankly, a lot of that money in that Omni, in that Omni, it, they, it's just there was so much money, you can't spend it all fast enough. So, so my, my, my demand has actually been, let's claw back. Uh, I've written letters to many agencies asking them, how much money do you have in your bank account? How much of it is obligated? Um, and none, nobody will respond. So the next step has got to be subpoenas. We have got to subpoena these agencies in and say, we want a line item. I've also asked appropriators in, in our conference, how can I get a line item budget? Judge, we, they, they don't even know how many agencies are in the federal budget. Wow. And, and I'm like, okay, I, I, you got you to first know how many agencies, and then you need to get the line items for those agencies so you can go through and say, we don't authorize this. More than 1,200 unauthorized programs 
agencies and departments in the federal government that are eating up over $500 billion annually, Judge. Last question, because I know uh, you have another uh, commitment in, in a few moments. Uh, how do you see this ending? The speaker uh, is a debt guy. He has never failed. Uh, this is before he was the speaker, of course. He has never failed to vote to increase uh, the debt ceiling. So you know the bias that, that he has. He's, he's an, an institutionalist. He's not a constitutionalist. How does this end? Um, my, the optimistic uh, myself says, uh, <laughs> I try you to guys be in Arizona are more optimistic than we are out here in the East Coast. <laughs> I'll give you the pessimistic view in a second, but the optimistic view says, hey, um, if, if we can get enough votes in the Republicans, because I do believe Republicans get it, that they understand how, how precarious our, our financial situation is. That tells me that we can claw back money. We can, we can do cuts. Um, we can cap spending at, at 2019 levels for non-defense, non-discretionary. You got the defense hawks. I, we're never going to be able to rein them in. Uh, uh, but but we, we have an agreement that you can't go above the 2022 level. It should be the 2019 level because that was pre-COVID, right? But you added $2 trillion a year during COVID. And, but, but not to go above that. The optimistic me says you can actually push off having to raise the debt ceiling by reducing the, stru the structural deficit every month and go forward. I actually asked this question, Judge, I said, what happens if we don't raise it? And, and the economist that was sitting there talking to us said, nothing. And I said, why? And he said, because the Federal Reserve will continue to pay these bills as they come due no matter what. The, the, the more pessimistic side of me says, um, you're going to see um, some Republicans uh, who who want to spend money, uh, form a coalition with Democrats and, and spend it. Uh, and that's, so you get the optimistic and pessimistic, maybe somewhere in between, but it's a fight judge and it's real yes. and it's a security threat to the United States of America. Keep up the fight, Congressman Biggs. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Much appreciated, my dear friend. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Just uh, more as we get it, Congressman Biggs, whenever he wants to come, as well as his colleagues in that small band of Republicans in the House of Representatives who truly believe that the Constitution means what it says. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.